Hey there, everybody. Welcome to This Is Not A Meeting. Hey, grab a chair, have a seat around the table. We are a community talking about sobriety, recovery, and overcoming challenges every single day. We don't claim to be experts. We're just walking this journey with you, and we're trying to become our best selves the same way that you are. My name is Scottage, and I am here with... Big Joe. Jimbo. All right. And around the table, we uh, have been sitting here and, and uh, getting ready for this, and we're excited to talk with you today. Um, one of the things that we want to just start out there for you is a little update on Sheree Allen. Uh, we, we mentioned her a, a couple episodes back and talked about her situation. You can still catch it up on the group page, but, um, but Jimbo, why don't you give us an update on that? Absolutely. Sheree is, as a lot of you know out there, battling a pretty rare form of leukemia. Uh, she's doing well. She finished up her first round of chemo and fought like hell. The doctor said it would be another two weeks to four weeks after the first round of chemo in the hospital. She fought like crazy to get out of there because she missed her kids and wanted to be back out uh, the hospital. She was tired of it, obviously. So she fought like crazy. All of her tests back came back well, so she uh, did get to leave the hospital. Uh, small little setback about a day later, so she went back in. Then she got back out. Right now, the hardest part, I, not knowing much about chemotherapy, obviously, but it basically just completely zaps your immune system. So she, the slightest thing can basically trip you back up where you just start feeling absolutely lousy again. Hmm. And she's got a six-year-old and a three-year-old, and with daycare, preschool, all those things, you can only imagine the germs that you're coming across right. with all those right. clean little children. Yeah, daycare is a daycare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Daycare is crazy. Funny noses. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're, so. yeah. You come out like an invincible if you go through daycare. <laughs> so she's working on trying to stay out in between rounds of chemo. She's had a couple setbacks where she's went back into the hospital. Um, she's going to be posting more videos she does have a fan page out there on facebook and we'll link that again to our group page she's still trying to raise money through the gofundme page we're just starting to slowly climb the mountain with this this is going to be every bit of a year worth of a commitment in and out of the hospital stays more rounds of chemo so she does need all of our support out there so if anything you can do visit the fan page of ours and then it'll link you right out to her gofundme page we'll have that on our website as well Anything you can give or even encouraging words to let her know that you're thinking about her would be great. Uh, she's going to be posting a big motivational video uh, as well where she's basically gotten to the point, unfortunately, where the hair is coming out in clumps. So she actually had to mm. shave her hair. And that was a big, tough moment. Uh, Sheree had long, beautiful hair. So they had that video. She's going to be working on it. She wants to be an inspiration to others still, which is awesome. She's in that good spirit still. So she's going to be posting that video on her Facebook page to try to get out and let people know that she's still fighting like hell and she's going to try to beat this one day at a time. Yeah. Thanks for the update. Um, we definitely want to keep supporting her. So if you're, if you're a listener, if, uh, if you want to check it out, you can. Uh, like Jimbo said, it's going to be on the group page for the GoFundMe for her GoFundMe page. And if you're unfamiliar with what that means, it's it's a page where you can go and and you can do a person to person or even a company to person if you've got a company that you want to get involved. Uh, just like donation to try to try and help out. And anything helps if you if you think, hey, my twenty bucks won't matter. It it really does because it all adds up. And, uh, and we're just asking you to, to go and, and give them a hand because, uh, because they've got one hell of a fight in front of them. Um, and if you just hate Facebook 
and you just say, look, I will not do Facebook. Okay. <laughs> we have another we have another option for you. You can go to the thisisnotameeting.com website. We'll have we'll have the link in the show notes. And so if you go to this is not a meeting, uh, slash uh, O two one. It's gonna be O two one. This is our this will be our twenty first episode. So <laughs> wow. uh, go to this is not a meeting.com slash O two one. And it'll take you right to the page. You'll see all the show notes, not only her GoFundMe page, but any notes that we that you hear about today will will be up there as well. So, um, so we don't we don't ask you to do to do this uh, these types of things very often, but this is something that's on on our hearts that we that we see as a priority and something that uh, that we believe that this is not a meeting community can really wrap around and help with. So we're asking you to go to go and make an impact for her. Okay, changing subjects. There is a question that came up on on the group page, on one of the group pages that I saw. It wasn't our group page, but it, it was a different one. And I'm just going to toss it out here for you guys, okay? And it's, it says, it says, I'm new at being sober, okay? So it's somebody relatively new. And the question that came up here says, how do I handle going to dinner with friends and family when they order a drink? Is this something that that you should just, avoid i mean it's not a party it's not a party scene you're not going to somebody's house and and they're having some sort of a uh, a sports party or, or just a hangout a barbecue whatever and there's a bunch of beer and you knew what you were walking into this is dinner this is just sitting down with dinner what's what's your best move at this point i mean if if the temptation what do you do with the temptation when it's strong i mean it's easy to logically just say well you just order something not to, that's not alcoholic but what what do you do when the temptation is there and and you're feeling that. My question to that is a question with a question. Joey goes deep. <laughs> How much notice did you have on this? Like this is this on Wednesday, you know this event's coming up on Friday or is this It's not an event, it's dinner. Okay, am I getting in the car? So I know these people are going to be drinking. I have a little bit of a heads up. I would um in my shoes probably call Jimbo uh or text him, let him know in early sobriety, that's what I did. Let them know that I'm going somewhere with alcohol. Uh, that way I'm held responsible. It sounds silly, but even if you obviously want to keep your sobriety, drive separately. And if the dinner gets too squirrely or you feel too uncomfortable, just excuse yourself. They don't care. If they're your true friends and they love you, they'll respect your decision where, all right, he just doesn't feel comfortable, so he's taken off. There's been many a times where it's just like, and I'm feeling too good about this situation. So just have your own exit plan, basically. If you go in a group and you're in, you didn't drive, all of a sudden that temptation, it's still, <laughs> you don't have an exit strategy, basically. We've always right. been taught to have that backup plan ready to go in case there's a feeling that you just don't like, basically. So drive solo. Now, that was hard for me. <laughs> if it's an option, yeah. That, I mean, that was very but, hard for oh, me early in sobriety because I didn't have a driver's license. So I. I, I <laughs> <laughs> I relied heavily on Jim, like, hey, Jim, man, if I make that call to you, I'm going to need you to come get me. <laughs> that, okay, so is it is it cool to basically say to your friends or your family, I mean, if you're, if you're going to dinner, you're you're probably got that going on, unless if it's a work situation and and, and you're required to be there because this is this is a work deal. But if it's if it's friends and family, are you is it cool to say Hey, do you guys mind not ordering drinks? Like, can you do that? I, I, I don't. I don't think. 
Are you that, imposing your own? I don't think that's the right thing to do. Just but, because others drink doesn't how mean. How many bars? How many? I mean, now they're selling. I mean, they sell it in gas stations all around the country, but they just started in Pennsylvania. But how many times a day do you get put in front of alcohol? I mean, I'm standing in sheets and there's alcohol right to the left of me. I mean, so. But it's unopened at that point, which makes it a, a little bit of a different situation. Yeah, but I could open that pretty easy. I you mean, could, but somebody else already has, and you're you're in a casual situation. Well, do you reach across the table and grab someone else's Pepsi and drink it? <laughs> no. <laughs> then why the hell would you do that with someone's beer? Well, if back in the day I might have grabbed their Mountain Dew, you know, I mean, <laughs> I didn't. I had no qualms. If my cup was empty, I swip, I would switch out people's cups, and they thought they drank their whole cup. <laughs> Well, ask, they were waiting on the refill while I'm drinking theirs. I'm not good with sharing food or drink. Ask my wife. Um, <laughs> I will try to hit your hand or something. Well, yeah, that's no, whenever but, you're protecting your own, not grabbing some somebody else's. Early sobriety, and we talk about it all the time if we want to go uber, uber deep into this topic, but acceptance. If you accept the fact that you're an alcoholic and you can't drink, we recoil at it. Like the hot stove, it talks about in our big book about touching that hot stove, you recoil, like, you know, alcohol is not the answer to the solution. As soon as you're able to accept that you're powerless over alcohol, doing that step one every single day, you know, grabbing or reaching across the table and grabbing somebody's martini or grabbing their beer is not the answer. Now, again, if these people are friends and you're relatively new to sobriety, maybe they shouldn't even like, why would it? I don't know. If they're friends that I don't think I was put in that situation to refer to it, but I wouldn't be going to a wild party. You you were a bartender in your first six months. Exactly. Holy shit. (laughs) But like I didn't. And I went out after every night at work, we would always go out to eat and people would drink around me. It never bothered me. I was able to accept pretty early on. I couldn't drink like my friends. So you're but you're a highly disciplined person. and, And so is Joe. I mean, both of you when guys. When it came are, to that, we had to be. Yeah, that's, I mean, put certain things in. Fr- I know, put certain things in front of Joey, like a Nugo bar. That, that sucker's going. You right. know, it's gone. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> you do that with a half gallon of ice cream with me. I may eat. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah, you just showed me that video of a, like a two foot high ice cream cone. You're drooling. But, going, oh, that'd I mean, be awesome. <laughs> a big thing that my sponsor always said was, "We're not against alcohol. That's how we get our new members." <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> I mean, if you want to drink, go for it. <laughs> That, oh, that's. I'm not even sure how to respond to that. <laughs> We're not the Temperance League. It's <laughs> another famous line in the rooms. <laughs> okay, so then, okay, think, real quick, let's just hit the idea that it's a work situation. You're not allowed better. to leave. Right. You're just not allowed to leave because this is work. You'd be surprised how many people actually don't drink at the work. And that happened when my the first wedding I went to. It was just like back every other wedding I went to when I was drunk, I was always the first person in line when the open bar opened. Always. I was waiting for the bartender to start. Afterwards, I got sober. First one I went to, it was amazing how many people were just drinking club sodas and Pepsis and all those things. And it's just like, holy smokes, not everybody at this wedding. Like, it was an um, eye-opening experience to realize. <laughs> and the biggest thing is, like, majority of the time, once these people have their first or second drink, all the inhibition's gone. So you're drinking a club soda. They think you're drinking a vodka tonic just like they are. Like, they don't even right. realize what's going on half the time. So. Right. You just take that stirrer out, that little green stirrer exactly. out. And, but uh, well, I know the like DJs it. love whenever the whenever people drink, because that gets the dance floor Everybody going a little loose. better. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. You always watched that whenever I DJed with Brenda. It was like... 
All right. Switch. Get a couple beers in them, and all, this this dance floor will fill up fast. I don't dance anymore now that I quit drinking. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. <laughs> it's there's very, al- very. There was rare. always one token guy out there for the electric slide, though. I do remember that. So, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, to sit down. I mean, but but a lot of deals happen over dinner. For sure, a lot of ha- a lot of corporate deals happen with dinner and a beer. And if you're not, if you're the person not in attendance there. It can sometimes hurt your career, unfortunately, because it, it's a little bit of a good old boys kind of situation where, hey, you know, you're not you're not a real good hang, you know, that kind of a thing. And, and they, they want to make deals with people that they're having fun with. Look at the extreme opposite, though. If I drank, I would not have the opportunity for that job at all. Basically, you can't put anything in front of your sobriety or it's gone. Everyone says all the time, like even family, kids, if you put that in front of your sobriety, you're going to lose the wife and kids like. Again, referring to Joe Sponsor, he always said he when he first got married to his second wife, he said, listen, Thursday nights, you're not going to see me. That's my home group night. I don't care what you do. You can schedule me any other day of the week. Thursday <laughs> nights, don't put anything on the calendar. And he stuck to that. And it was, he doesn't miss it. If he's in town, he is there he's on there. Thursday nights. Right. And he, his wife knows, like he threw it down, the gauntlet. Listen, this is how it's going to be. And every other night, do whatever you want. But hey, listen, I need Thursday nights. Right. I mean, everything that I have to this day, I can account for quit drinking i mean i would everything my family my business my house my right. vehicles my my life <laughs> actually having a life i mean but i understand where you're coming from where if you're sitting down with the ceo and they like, oh what can i get you to drink it's one of those things like you have to bite the bullet and be like i'll just right. take a club soda and if it leads to a conversation then you have to cross that bridge when you get to it you don't right. have to come out and say oh i'm an alcoholic i can't drink please don't fire me well, that's you, what you, i do I, I awkwardly call myself out <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you may you may actually get more more credit in their eyes if you if you put out that honesty and oh. you say, "Hey, look, I'm an alcoholic. I'm I'm in the I'm in the program." You can go I'm, that extreme, I, or, or you just say, "I don't." Or drink. not call yourself an alcoholic, even, and just say, "Look, I've been sober for X amount of months or X amount of years, and I I just don't drink." Right. You know, I don't drink personally, but and I've I've never drank, but. That's not because I had an issue at some point. It's because of a choice that I made a long time ago, Could and you just said, "Look." That? No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I always had a hard time wrapping my hands around that. <laughs> but anymore, I just I just order water. You know, I order water, or sometimes an unsweetened iced tea or something. But but if I just order water, people just think, oh, he's like he's like one of these vegetarian health nut people, and that's all he drinks is water. You know. <laughs> And uh, so it kind of works that way. I know other people have ordered tomato juice or something like that because it feels feels like you're drinking something, looks like you're drinking something. But Jim's you're... a tonic water kind of guy. Club soda. Club tonic. soda. Tonic. Now, seltzer. Where does seltzer fit into the club tonic? That's club soda. That's club soda? Yeah. Okay. The bubbles. I, I, I like love... more bubbles, the better, yeah. Yeah, I love that stuff. <laughs> more bubbles. The you can't get a good, a good burp out if you're not drinking oh, that stuff, man. You can... I just bought two. Those are killer. Cases like one lemon and one lime and just... Straight up, oh. oh, I can't do the lemon. <laughs> I just, I can't do lemon. Like Pellegrinos, all those bubbly sparkling yeah. waters, I love them. Yeah. Oh, those are good. Um, Voss has they a can. has yep. a really good one, but um, and Giant Eagle had those one for sale. I just those can't glass get bottles. There not being any sugar in it. Why is it, why is it bubbly if there ain't no sugar in it? Because sugar don't make bubbles, man. <laughs> 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 yeah, but I just feel like <laughs> when when you eat ice cream, is it all bubbly? <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, oh man, I'm 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 saving that one. When you're That's feeling... it? No, <laughs> I'm saving that one big time for that. 
<laughs> I, I don't get why there's no bubbles. Well, where's the sugar in it? Why is there no bubbles? <laughs> <laughs> I will. Hey, the real topic that that I think everybody tuned in for today is the uh, the third part of the tragedy series. The, this week, what where our focus is is basically when you impose tragedy upon others, whenever your actions create tragedy for somebody else. This was our third topic. Where where first one was, you know, when when somebody third party to you is experiencing a tragedy and how you try to deal with that. The second one was was last week. How do you deal with your own tragedy when tragedy comes upon you? But now the third week here is, is when when you cause tragedy that impacts other people's lives. And to rephrase this real quickly, because obviously we're doing a three-part series, this was all dumped on us by a tragedy Joey caused by putting his foot in his mouth and telling the listeners that we were going to do a three-part series <laughs> on tragedy. Meanwhile, out. he didn't let us know we were doing it until he told all of you we were doing it. So I really like yeah, surprises. Yeah, we had, we had to put a plan... <laughs> We had to put a plan in place, but I think it was—I think it's turned out to be a good little thing. So, Absolutely, because um, I think a lot, of, a lot of people have tuned in, and uh, and have said. I mean, I just recently even had a couple of people that I that uh, I really don't see very often, and they came up and said, "Hey, I'm listening to the podcast, and I'm, you know, I it's it's something that they really enjoy." So, um, shout out to Rob Marshall, the the. The second Rob Marshall, as he described himself, he said, he said "I'm not the, I'm, I'm the other Rob Marshall," is what he said. Uh, I'm from Ohio, you know. But, uh, but yeah, so it was good to meet him. When we talk about tragedy that you cause others, I mean, this this is a very wide range, yeah. you know, because it it can happen when you when you DUI and you just you T-bone somebody. It could be just when you your anger gets out of the gets out of place and and you've just blown up on on some people and it doesn't you don't have to be an addict to cause tragedy on other people. I, you know, when that, you're talking about that right now, I'm going back and thinking about. I mean, we're using tragedy pretty loosely, but the tragedy that I caused in my drinking and then an accident down on 51 in Pittsburgh came into my head when I made a left turn in front of somebody and she got stuck underneath my tilt bed. I mean, oh man, my heart dropped. Like she didn't have a scratch on her, you know, and she gave me the, what the were you thinking? And I was like, I wasn't, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, uh, but that's but, traumatic. I'm sure. Oh, you know? for sure. And, uh, but going into my drinking days, I mean, thank it was a day in day out tragedy. Cause for me anyways, it was over 10 years of just empty promises, lies, cheating, stealing, all these things where I didn't care about anybody else or what I was doing to them. But now that I've been sober a while and working the steps and doing all those things, I'm able to be as retrospective the word looking back now, I don't right. know the word to use, but you're able to do this step where we can formally make an amends or an apology and not just, I'm an sorry sitting down and asking them what I can do to make this situation. Right. Right. It's amazing what that does for your sobriety. When you can sit down with somebody man to man, or whoever, and be like, I don't know if you remember, but in 1999, <laughs> I accidentally kicked your dog. Like, something like that. What do you want me to do about like? Or I intentionally kicked your dog. <laughs> <laughs> to have that conversation, though, because a lot of times, as the alcoholic, we can, at least me personally, I can make a little situation into the hugest mountain in the world. So I carry around these, in my head, I've wronged this person so badly, and I drank over it for a lot of years. So when I'm able to have that conversation with them and say, hey, do you remember when this happened? What would you like me to do to make it right? They don't even remember what I'm talking about hmm. a lot of times. Now, right. obviously, there are issues out there where resentments, people give you the middle finger and walk away and say they don't want anything to do with you. 
and you've burned that bridge forever. And unfortunately, at least you got your side of the street clean, which we always talk about where you've gotten it out there. But there are a lot of these situations that I've run into where I've wronged a lot of people where it's just like, I don't even know what you're referring to. So like little things where you think they're massive and you remain sick over it for so long, you don't have to anymore. Right. Because it all goes back to keeping your side of the street clean, which we talk about all the time. But unfortunately, as Joey knows, and we hear all too often in the rooms, people do sometimes make those major whopper amends to loved ones, siblings, colleagues, old bosses. You're not going to get the reaction you want. It's funny because you can play that scenario out in your head a million times and it never goes how you think. Like, oh, this is going to be so hard and it's the easiest thing you ever did. And People talk about that a lot in the rooms. One thing, major, major tragedies that happen whenever you're um, drinking and driving. When you actually hurt or kill somebody else, um, I'm thankful that I made it into the rooms before that happened because I was going down that road. I never hurt anybody else. I've always hurt myself. Um, No one else was ever involved in the accidents, the dozen accidents I was in when I was drinking. You don't have to think about like hurting somebody else physically. Think of all the people that I hurt that had to come bail me out of jail, that had to come pick me up from the police station, that... Had to drive me around when I didn't have a license. I mean, I imposed pain on a lot of other people for my drinking. And not to mention, I can guarantee you that my mom sleeps at night now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my mom, uh, she couldn't have been sleeping because she's such a worrywart. I mean, she's actually told me that I could sleep at night knowing that you're not drinking. I was, that big tragedy was coming. I had a lot of small ones that I caused. But, I mean, you could just see it. It was like a deer in headlights. I mean, it was there. It was just, it was a ticking time bomb. It was coming. And I thank God every day that I didn't get to that point. Well, and and I think this is a part of both years' histories. To quote, who's who's the comic that, like, always squashed the watermelons? um, Gallagher. Yeah, Gallagher. (laughs) But when Gallagher said, I heard in his his thing one time, he said, I don't experiment with drugs. I'm into full-blown research. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, yep. yeah, that was, and so I mean, even more that the people don't sleep, you know, because they know that uh, you know the scientist is out on the loose, you know, and, and research is happening. <laughs> but part of this kind of flashes me back too to to the TV show My Name Is Earl, you know, with, uh, with <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's it's hysterical. I but, did watch a few of them. Yeah, where it's <laughs> but the premise is that he's got this entire list of of things that he needs to make amends for. Well, hit the lottery, right? Yeah, he did hit the lottery, and that's what now is funding him. Yes. Yeah, that's funding him. That's to, funding him to go, but he's still living out of a motel room. Well, you know, you I know? throw the gambling aspect in there. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, but so that idea of amends, you know, just where you've got that list. You've, you've got it written down. You're trying to scratch it off. You're saying, hey, this is what I've done in the past, or at least what I can remember that I've done. Because I'm sure there's times whenever you stumble across something where somebody says, hey, this happened, and you, and you just have to own it. Like but when I was doing that step, I mean, my sponsor told me, get down what you remember. You know, get it all out there, and then whatever comes up, do it as it comes in, because it's not going to be as long as that list that you started with. <laughs> <laughs> well, and how do you how do you get to that place? You know, I mean, it's it once you're to that place where you can just own your stuff and you can say, okay, all right, I've got my list here and I need to just go talk to people. How do you get to that place where where you're willing to say, I've done this and I've and I'm I'm gonna own it? 
Because it's so easy to blame others, or it's so easy to justify and defend and say, yeah, I mean, I did that, but holy shit, they hit me in the head before I even struck them first, you know? Because <laughs> some of that re requires precision uh, dissection in some regards, to just to cut away your own stuff and to say, this is the part that I need to own. And we joke all the time <clears throat> where this is not a meeting. When Joey and I, the program that we work, these amends are step nine of 12 so you don't do these 24 hours into your sobriety. You have to work up and work the other steps. They're in a step order for a reason. If you try to make these amends two months into your sobriety or six months into your sobriety, you may not be ready to handle the consequences that may come with some of these conversations. So I, mean, I know I'm still making amends and I'm it's I'm one of those things you're gonna make. In. Yeah, you're gonna make these the rest of your life. And a lot of them are living amends that you'll hear a lot about. Where some people, I don't know, I see the both sides of this coin, but a lot of people are saying sometimes living amends are a cop out. But if you go, like I go to my parents, I can never repay them for as much trouble as I caused my parents. But by doing this sobriety living one day at a time, it's that constant living amends where as long as I don't drink, they're going to be pretty content. Like Joey's mom was able to sleep. My parents, same situation where I'm constantly trying to get better. So I can't sit down and write a check for all the money and damage that I've caused them. I totaled one of their cars. I stole money from them. I did all these terrible things. Mm. I can't sit down and say, hey, let me make this right by writing you a check. I'd have to file bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the funds to do it. So those are the type of things where like a constant daily amends, just living right. Again, not to repeat it, but to keep my side of the street clean, as long as I do that on a daily basis, I'm able to make it right basically with my parents and with others. There's people I've wrong that I haven't run into. But the big thing is, and we try not to quote out of the big book on this show, but like the biggest thing is it says make an amends where you're wrong, promptly admit where you're wrong, unless it causes harm to you or the other person. So we talk about that. Like what, a guy just joked about it last week. He said, my exes are better with me not going back and making that amends. <laughs> he, he said the amends is that I'm out of their life. So like, it's one of those deals where it's just like, if it's going to cause them more harm than good, right. don't have that conversation. Maybe, I was going to say, don't make a list of, don't go get the, all their addresses and say, all right, I'm going to take this week and drive around and knock on everybody's door. Like, no, that's not how you do it. <laughs> I really suggest you don't do it that way. <laughs> Is there an aspect of this, though, where you've got re remorse to the point where you're beating the shit out of yourself and you're not even sure how to take that first step? I mean, I knew my first amends that I made was to my mom, um, but she had talked as I, early in the program. She had talked about other people making amends to her. And I knew that it was going to be an easy one. <laughs> She's the best. <laughs> your, mom, a, your mom is pretty cool. I like her. Oh, yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> But I mean, like Jim said, even to this day, I can't repay my mom and I mean, anybody that helped me out in my life through my drinking. And right. Well, and next week we're going to have Tim on the show. Yes. And, uh, and so he's going to be here talking a little bit about that as well, which is very cool that, that we're going to be able to have Tim. him. Yes. Tim, we love you. <laughs> we love you, Tim. Um, but yeah, he is, he's a very cool guy and, uh, and that's going to be a, an exciting show to be able to sit down and talk with him too because that's that's just going to be a lot of fun the other the other side of this then is let's give people the viewpoint from the other side of the fence once you've made the amends what's that feeling free like a bird free bird <laughs> brevity <laughs> jimbo jimbo always has the ability to just bring brevity it's just one of good one of those good feelings where you're not carrying that shit around anymore basically you got that 50 pound weight on your shoulders and you can't figure out what it is and something gnawing in you 
where you know something you've wronged somebody. It's even now, like with being sober and having a conscience again and having these feelings, it sucks when somebody wrongs you or you've wronged them because you can feel it again, which sucks. Usually I would drink a bottle of gin and try to not feel this. But <laughs> right. well, now when it happens, it's just like, okay, let's have a conversation. So it's definitely not the easiest thing in the world. And I still struggle with it just like the rest of the program. That's the best part about this is I get to try every single day to try new things. And this is another one of these things where if I wrong somebody now, we again have a step in place where I can quickly admit where I was wrong right after those amends. It's that step 10 that we talk about a lot. And we had a whole episode dedicated to it in the past where I can quickly admit when I was wrong now that I'm sober and make it right. So if I do cause even tragedy now in my sobriety, because I can still put my foot in my mouth pretty quickly and piss somebody off. <laughs> I don't have to sit there and let it stew for weeks or months. I can quickly admit I was an a-hole, and it happens a lot, basically. <laughs> Andy told me to paint the end of my shoe with spearmint because I put my foot in my mouth so much. <laughs> <laughs> At least it'll taste good. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Well, so, okay, so so that's maybe that's a good place to wrap it up is just say, hey, when when you do make these amends, when, when you own your shit, it is freeing. I had to go to a guy, he and I were battling like crazy. We, we, we couldn't stand each other. We couldn't be in the same room for, for a while and for years, actually. I went down to his office one night. I called him and I said, hey, I'm outside your office. You know, can, can we get together? <laughs> And actually, what I said is, I said, I'm, I'm, can we get together tonight? I'd like to talk to you. And this was like years of silence, you know? And he goes, no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm outside your office, which is like five minutes from his house. And then he goes, okay, I'll be there. <laughs> and so he came over and we sat down, we talked, and I, and I owned my shit. I said, hey, look, you know, I said, the older I get, the realize, the realize that I'm getting more and more stubborn. I said, I need to apologize to you. For, for and I and I laid out what you know my part of the whole thing and I said I need to ask I need to ask you to forgive me and it was pretty cool you know I mean he, his response was well if you forgive me I'll forgive you you know <laughs> so I'm, I'm not sure how sincere that is at that point but, <laughs> but I'll I take it yeah but I took it and I said okay you know and and we've been able to to be on on better footing since then but but it was it was freeing that was a that was something that that a, there was a pack on the back of my on my back. If you've ever seen the movie The Mission, ridiculously slow movie, ridiculously slow. He's really selling it, folks. Yeah. Go watch <laughs> the, no, no. You need to go watch that. I'm not saying go watch it, but there is this one scene. If, if I would I would say watch it for this one scene then just shut the thing off because after that it's it's so slow that you don't want to be there. It's a depiction of a guy who's carrying around this pack because of a something that he had done in the past and he's carrying around this pack and he's trying to get it to some places crawling up this hill it's you know it's so slow moving because the was raining and it's mud and he constantly is falling and then there's this point where he just lets the pack go he realizes there's nothing i can do to make this any better or any worse at this point and I just, I just need to let this pack go. And, and he found freedom in that. The visual of it is very poignant. And I think of that sometimes, where it's just that you let that pack go, and, and the weight is gone, and you, you can walk different now. You can act different now. It's just, it's better. Life is better whenever you can let that stuff go, and you can find that freedom. But everybody has a different way to get to that place where you've made that amends. 
For Earl, it was it was totally different each week. You know how he was going to pull that off. For for some people, it's it's just sitting down and having that conversation and saying, "Hey, I'm sorry. I don't know if you've ever had people who have who have come to you and said, okay, and said, okay, I'll forgive you, but I need you to do this. You know, where where they're it's not really a condition as much as they're asking you to make it right in a different way other than just the conversation. If that's the case, you know, you got to figure that out through reason and say, is this is this something that I'm willing to do in order to get this amend? But I think that there's there's so much freedom in being able to say, look, that part of me is gone and I, I need to let that go. The past is the past and, and I get to start fresh today. When you get do those amends, uh, you're doing it for yourself as well as doing it for the other person. Uh, I mean, I talked about the program being, it's a selfish program, it really is. But by being selfish, you're helping everybody else out not even knowing it. And uh, to do those amends, yes, it's you're getting out of your backpack, like you said. You're taking that piece out of your backpack and setting it down. So who are you hel- helping? You're taking the load off of your shoulders, right? Right, right. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it's totally helping the other person, but you need to do that. It's part of your soul cleansing, keeping yourself clean. I mm-hmm. mean, just it's it's a like you said, a big weight off your shoulder. That drive home from or walk home from wherever you were at that office. You had to be floating. Oh, it was a drive. I, I had a 45-minute drive to get there. <laughs> <laughs> and then drive home, you were floating, I guarantee it. Right. I mean, it just felt great. Right. I mean, great. And um that's what that's what I love about it, you know. It might be hard, but when you leave there, whether it goes good or bad, you still took that piece out of your backpack. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yep. If the guy gives you the finger, that's totally fine. You did your part, <laughs> you know? And take it out that's and all, yep. leave it sit there on his side of the street. <laughs> <laughs> Put it, put it in his backpack. Yeah, you know, let, he has to carry let it. Let him carry it. <laughs> My backpack's lighter. <laughs> we'll wrap it up there, but check out the website. This is not a mean.com slash 021 for the show notes. Get onto the onto Sheree Allen's GoFundMe page. We definitely want to want to continue to help her out and her family, her husband and her kids. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a hell of a deal that they're going through, a battle that they're fighting. And so uh, whatever you can do to help them out, uh, with prayer, with donations, with cards, whatever. It'd, it'd be much appreciated. Sponsors, we have ftbateam.com, which is F- the FTBA. They're simplifying electrical maintenance. And also Big Joe's Towing. You can find him on Facebook. And uh, we have our webpage. We have our Facebook page. We have the group page. We ask you to go to that and get engaged with with conversations and, and encouraging others there. Listen and share, folks. Listen and share. That's right. Download, share, subscribe on your favorite podcast sources. Guys, you got any, any closing comments? Love you.